0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RePodit podcast presented by Rerouted. Rerouted is an online marketplace where people can buy and sell used outdoor gear. If you have gear to sell, please check out our app, the Rerouted app, on the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. If you're shopping for gear, check us out online, rerouted.co. That's r-e-r-o-u-t-e-d.co. Now on to the It podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Repot it podcast. My name is Brian Shoning, I'm your host. As always, and I'm here with one of my favorite people in the world, my sister Allison. We're going to talk about her trip to Mount Rainier. Allison, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I am honored to be here, dude.
0: Allison is 4 years older than me, and we we grew up, we grew up together. Um, And it was, it was a blast under, under the reign of Dan, who will get a chance to defend himself at some point. But, um, you know, I, I was the, I was the youngest of three. Allison was, was the middle and Dan was the oldest. So um, we, he steered the ship and, uh, and applied the gas and brakes. And he sure uh, did that.
1: And middle child, you know, keeping the peace, but the glory of being the only daughter, I sure had my time to shine.
0: Yeah, well, what was what was really cool and we'll we'll get to the actual story, but one thing that I loved about our family is we all took different interests and we were all able to kind of live in our own in our own separate worlds while, you know, being each other's biggest supporter and biggest fan. Biggest
1: fans, yeah. It's fun cuz as you mentioned, four years younger, you really were the baby brother, but now, you know, you're just one of us, your best friend. Yep.
0: But yeah. when we all came together, it was in the outdoors.
1: That's right. Like that,
0: the very professional segue. Um, so Allison, a couple of years ago, four years ago, was it 2017? 20,
1: uh, 2019.
0: 2019. Wow. Was, Not that it, long ago.
1: It was right before everything shut down.
0: Wow. You decided that you were going to climb Mount Rainier. What kind of went into that decision process and um, and kind of the lead up to it?
1: For sure. Well, hey, Seattle lights through and through, you know, I mean, not technically people from Seattle will argue that, but we're from Seattle. Um, but I think it was just always, it was always there. Like I traveled the world and I would be trekking in Nepal and people found out I was from Washington state. Oh, from Seattle area. Oh, then for sure you've done Rainier. And it was like, uh, no, actually I travel across the world to trek and climb mountains and I've never done the one in my very own backyard. Um, And I think for whatever reason, it was like you know intimidation factor behind it. We've grown up knowing it was there, seeing it every day on the way to and so many, so many
0: people in our family have climbed it as well. Obviously, yep. obviously Pete, but even our all of our aunts and uncles they yeah, they so would cool. do you know oh spontaneous Mount Rainier trips, and we're just like not quite that hardcore,
1: <laughs> right? Well, and Dad, I mean I I think he's been on here before, but For Dad sure. tells the story that they would leave Friday after school drive all the way, park in the parking lot. And he was like, well, I scrambled up that thing in Velcro shoes and a transport backpack. So, you know, there was the, there was the part of it that was like, oh, so cavalier. It's like very chill. And then you think about it it's like, this is not chill. Like you need to know what you're doing. I'm not going to just scramble up this thing as they said they did in the olden days, you know, hiking uphill both ways to school. But um, I think for me, after doing more trekking and backpacking and some, some indoor, like gym climbing, um, I kind of dabbled with the idea of mountaineering. And to be honest, I didn't have a ton of training prior. So when my cousin joined me, when we decided we're going to do this, we've been talking about it for years. I knew that probably, you know, we'd be starting a family here soon, um, so it was a good time to throw myself out there and not have to you know I mean my husband's at home but he'd be fine but you know not having that extra factor involved um it just seemed like the right time so uh yeah I I think just because it was there you know it was
0: there and it was it was kind of always you know It was, it was shadowing us the entire time. It was all, you know, you could see it all the time on, you know, your way to, way to school or when we were out on the, out on the lake, you just, you look over and it's there and you just, you just wanted to get, wanted to go do it. So. And I
1: would say also we had done mirror, we had done mirror a lot. So from base up to camp mirror was like, not a casual day hike, but that was a hike that I had done frequently. So I, you know, dabbled on the snow fields and the glacier a bit. And it just was like, I gotta just finish this thing.
0: So you guys did like, I know you, I remember you guys did like a couple of preparation hikes. Do you, do you remember anything that you kind of actually learned from the, you know, if not, if it was just kind of getting in, getting in trail shape, then, then that's what it was. But was there anything that, that you guys kind of, tried to manufacture and learn from that.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of it, like you said, is just kind of endurance training and making sure you can carry that 40 pound pack and putting on crampons and what it feels to be uh, schlepping up a glacier. Um, But then there were some skills that actually I ended up going with a group. We just wanted to do it and just do it. So I ended up going with a group and kind of like did the, the deal, like hired the the crew to help us. And, um, and I went with a a couple other folks. I think there were eight of us on the team and two guides. Um, and you know, we had a day when we first showed up, we had a day of mountaineering school where we learned like the rest step and kind of, um, you know, efficient climbing and travel techniques up there pressure breathing. Um, what else like ISAC self-arrest just safe rope travel. Um, Yeah. So those were things that I had because I hadn't done like official mountaineering. um, They were things that, that it was important for us to learn together on a rope and then just like classic brotherhood of the rope, right? Like knowing, getting to know your teammates a little better and obviously an enemy cousin, but hadn't met any of the other teammates prior to arriving. So they really, um, they focused on that collaboration piece and, um, and just having a day or two of just really getting acclimated with one another as well as, as where we were.
0: So how long was the, was the whole trip?
1: Whole trip was four days, four days. First day was just kind of hanging out, learning, learning the ropes. Second day was the mountaineering school. Um, third day was from where we were staying, Uh, up to Camp Muir. And then fourth day was Summit bid all the way back down.
0: Gotcha. So you guys are, you're at Camp Muir. You're getting, you're getting ready to, getting ready to go. Um, What, what happened? You know, recap the story. We have kind of another topic that we'll get to afterwards, but, uh, but recap the story for us.
1: Yeah. So um after climbing the day up to Muir, we arrived maybe three pm. and they really wanted us to just chill because summit bid, I think we woke up at like one am. Um, so you make early, early summit starts. And um, they knew that that there was some bad weather in the forecast. It was very cold, and the the thought was, well, you know, things might be blowing and icing over, which is not going to be ideal for our for our route. Um, so, we actually had a chat as a team before we all went to bed up, up at um, your base camp. Just, do we want to do this knowing that there's a possibility that we don't make it? Or are we all here with goal for the summit and getting close and not being able to finish would be too devastating. And, you know, we had people on our team that had already um, attempted for summit like two, three weeks prior, and they have a kind of a deal where if you if you don't end up getting to summit then you can come back and join another team if there's a spot available so we had two or three people on the team that had already attempted this this climb this exact summer and you know they were coming back and they were on it for summit so we um we went to bed and it was like there was a little bit of tension you know there were a group of us that were just so stoked to be there like here we were, I've climbed them here before, but I've never spent the night up here. And we're all feeling a little bit of the elevation, but um, you know, the altitude a bit, but you know, we still had a, a long day ahead of us. And I think we were just jazzed to, to experience it and just why not like make it a little further than we would have if we hadn't tried. Um, but we did feel, you know, there, there were kind of differing opinions in the group. And I think that was hard for the guides because they're there to make sure we have a great experience and to pump us up but at the end of the day like we're there to climb and experience the mountain and i'd much rather get out and go see it um and you know do a little more than you would have the day before so was
0: it an everybody goes or everybody doesn't situation you you couldn't no
1: it wasn't actually nope Um, and so ultimately we all decided to give it a go um I I don't know if I'm supposed to like, spoiler, like, am I supposed to tell you the the end result? Okay. So we went for it. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know if you had that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Here we go. So, um, so we went for it, you know, 1am, 2am, I forget what exactly time we left. Um, and we made it as far as, um, disappointment cleaver. So disappointment cleaver is aptly named in this case. Oh yeah. And it truly is the last stop, like all through Ingram, the Ingram Glacier, um, the Cathedral Rocks Ridge. Like I took a few notes cause I had forgotten what all of the parts of the routes were called, but um, yeah. So the Cleaver is at twelve three. So we're like, we're close. Four, I mean, not so close, but 14-4 is the summit and it is ultimately like your last big stop before you make for a final push. Um, and so we got up there and like, you can see it. I mean, it's just right there. You've spent the entire morning hours climbing step after step. And, um, and there we were and our, our guides kind of got, you know, radio from below that there had been a team from a different crew that had gone up ahead of us and they had spent three hours on the exposed glacier above us and still hadn't made it to summit because it was so slick, just really precarious conditions. Um, Stuff had iced over and crampons were not digging in the way that you would want in a super exposed um, uh, space up there. So they had been out, like I said, for about three hours, still hadn't made it to summit and had decided to turn around. So that was the conversation. And honestly, it wasn't much of a conversation. Like the guides knew this was not a good choice. We're not going to put you in that, in that situation. And there were people in the group who were like, all right, well, can we just go rogue and do our own thing? And sorry, the answer is no, because you're here with us and we all hold each other accountable and responsible and we're all getting down. So it was a tough conversation, but heck to be at 12, three, you know, I mean, We saw the sunrise from up there and it was, it was a sweet moment because rather than feeling like we had to make this final push, we just got to hang at 12,000 feet and just take it in. Uh, And, and, you know, and then knowing that we had the climb down, which also could be a bit precarious, but, um, but I was, you know, I was just, I was just living in the clouds. I mean, both, both physically and (laughs) metaphorically speaking, right? Like it just. To be up there is this sense of peace and you see it, like you drive by and you see it, but to know like, no, we were there. Like I stood right up there. Uh, it's just, it's pretty incredible. So we
0: talk a lot on this podcast about like things that you learn while you're outdoors and the growth that you experience. And that doesn't always have to be, you know, set out to accomplish a point a to point B right excursion yep but there's still something something to learn from that
1: yeah absolutely I think for me a lot of the lesson is is you just say yes and I think we got a lot of that mindset from from dad and from our grandpa like okay if you have the option to hang at home and do some chores for the day or go on a hike like Yes. I'm getting out of the house. Yes. I'm going to go do whatever the outcome is. You're always going to be different at the end of that than if you had never gone. Um, And I, I've been on a couple trips where things just go awry and you're off route and you end up at whole different campsites or, oh gosh, we did a trip in Jasper National Park and all of our sites were flooded out. So then you're having to shift like that in the moment. But that grit and that growth mindset, um, I mean, it's raw. And you're out there troubleshooting with teammates, people maybe you don't know ahead of time. And that relationship is just so intimate by the end of it because you've worked through this together. Um, Brian knows that, but I'm a teacher, I'm a fifth grade teacher. And these are conversations I have with my students every day. like. You might not get this by the end of this lesson. I might not reach the summit by the end of this trip, but look at all that you've gained along the way, right? The people that you've met, that extra push that you made to get from where you just were even 20 minutes ago. Think about how you know sick you were feeling from altitude sickness right down there when we took our snack break. And now I'm here, like every step you take, or you know, again, both physical steps, or, um, you know, step towards a new job or career, whatever it is, it's not going to be that straightforward trajectory. And, um, and those are the experiences that you're gonna, that you're going to draw from pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone and, and learning what you're made of and, and those around you too.
0: Totally. That kind of the, the elements forcing you to learn what you're to learn what you're made of. Yeah. I, I had an experience. I, I think I wrote about it on, on the site last Christmas, but I set out to do a hundred miles of the Pacific crest trail, which, you know, right. to, to through hikers doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, for, for everyday Joe Schmo that likes to go camping um, you know, it was, it was a big, it was a big piece of pie. And we were at tuck lake we were about halfway through we were on our way up to way up to see the lake and um and i got injured i hurt my ankle and um and it was clear at that point that i wasn't going to be able to hike 50 more miles and kind of the adrenaline got me to hike the the four and a half five and a half miles out that we needed to to get to the to get to the road and and be able to um be able to get picked up but I learned so much more in that experience than I would have if we had just you know gone and finished the hundred miles we came back and we and we did the rest of it the next year we we didn't quit on it we just you know yeah that's it for now and uh and and came back and I I know that I learned a lot more in that experience than I think I would have if we had just flown through it and and hit every campsite according to plan
1: absolutely yeah that's right I remember that trip
0: well any any final thoughts Allison about you know your your experience in the outdoors and and kind of what it's what it's taught you I mean we grew up we grew up out there and you know every year there were there were trips that we were going on whether it was camping or skiing or all of all of these things Um,
1: yeah I would just say I mean I think I think for me, you come back from those trips and it's that resounding, um, contentment and peace or whatever the experience was, maybe it's a resounding sense of accomplishment. Um, but you don't remember necessarily all the nitty gritty details, but when you think back on trips and excursions, uh, you know, there's something, there's some emotion that kind of that takes over that shapes the trip. Um, and I think, you know, if you, if you said no and, and you weren't yes, yes, gal or whatever, you wouldn't get those experiences. And so many of them are transferable to our to our everyday lives. So um, I'm just so grateful for those wild, crazy days because, yeah, you learn what you're made of. <laughs>
0: Well, Allison, thank you so much for for joining me. I hope that uh so Giles and I are hosting kind of a ski a ski podcast now within the repodit feed, so I'm oh, hoping to get time. you to come on and reminisce about some times at Big White with us
1: for sure uh, with really awesome with friend. me and
0: and kind of share that story with him.
1: Um, but thank you
0: so much for joining and, and sharing this story with us and, uh, and talking about this, this kind of growth in failure in the outdoors, because I, I love that topic. It's, it's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorites. I think there's, there's a lot to learn.: so. you bet. Thank you. All yeah. right, Thanks everyone for listening. Have a great day. If you have gear to sell, check out the rerouted app on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. If you want to buy gear, check out the website rerouted.co.